Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Kate Thornton and welcome to Up Close and Socially Distant. In today's episode, I'll be talking to England lioness and midfielder Jill Scott about her football challenges for kids in lockdown, to Medical Director of Primary Care for NHS England and NHS Improvement, Dr Nikki Kanani, and to Strictly Come Dancing singer Hayley Sanderson about her work helping to raise the voice of domestic abuse survivors. England Lioness Jill Scott, who was awarded an MBE at the end of last year for her huge contribution to women's football, playing midfield for Man City and, of course, for England's women's football team, has been spending her time in lockdown posting obvious Jill's football challenges all up on her social media and they're there designed to help children stay active and perfect their football skills while we're all stuck at home. And she's joining me now. Thank you so much, Jill. How are you? Yeah, all good, thank you. All good. Um, I don't know what week this is of lockdown, but it's just kind of become the normality now, I think. I can imagine that you must have really been missing your teammates, that camaraderie, the opportunity to train. Have, have you all been keeping in touch remotely? Lots of Zoom calls? It's been nice to get a rest from some of them, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> We're around each other every single day. I think I end up annoying them the most. So, um, yeah, but it's on a serious note, it's been nice. We've been doing uh, online yoga sessions, Pilates sessions, and I always kind of stay on the call after and check in with people. So, yeah, it is. It's hard when you used to being around people every single day. So what made you decide to start these, these online challenges for, for children? Every, I mean, not just here in the UK, you've got kids playing all over the world. Yeah, I think um, because I'm obviously missing being at football and stuff, but I also do a lot of coaching as well. So 
I think when this happened, I can't be exact of, of dates, but I had a few soccer camps that I was thinking of getting done in the Easter holidays. And I thought, well, how can I still kind of help people? So my sister's got three young children and I know they were climbing the walls because they're football mad as well. And I was just trying to check in with them and saying, saying to my oldest nephew, well, I'll do this trick. Can you do it and send us a video? And just trying to challenge him and, and get him out of bed and get him um, doing stuff. So I think it started from that really. And then I started having a kick about with the ball and I was like, hmm, I remember some tricks I used to do when I was a kid in, in the back lane. So you probably notice there's been a little bit of a, a pause in the sessions, um, and that's because I've run out of tricks. I'm not going to lie, so I'm going <laughs> to ask. Um, I'm going to be calling some favors from my teammates. I think just to um, get them to help us out. I think. Well, uh, talk me through some of the challenges that you've you've done already, because I have tried a few. <laughs> my keepy uppies, Jill. You know, you've got no reason to lose sleep. Put it that way. I need a video of that. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been the keepy uppies, uh, different types where you keep it up and then can you bounce it off certain parts of your body? Um, I ripped my, I've ripped two pairs of tracksuit bottoms trying to do two of the tricks. <laughs> Um, in terms of the obvious drill, we came up with that. It was at the World Cup, actually, Karen Bardsley. I just kept seeing stupid things like, if you drink half of that drink, I'll be able to have the other half and should be like, obvious drill. So that's where <laughs> that's where the obvious drill statement came from. And I've kind of noted down just stupid things I say every day and then use them in the videos. Um, and then... And then the video, and it's not very high tech, if I'm if I'm being completely honest, it's basically an iPhone. And then I send the video um, to somebody at Manchester City and England, and then they edit it and make it look fancy. So don't think the one tape, though, because some of the tricks, I get so frustrated. I'm still like that little kid in the park. I'm 33, and I mess the skill up, and I'm throwing the ball down. <laughs> I might, I might have to post some of them, because I am very competitive still. It's, it's almost embarrassing. <laughs> it's good to know that you've still got that competitive fight in you even if it is with yourself <laughs> oh I get so frustrated <laughs> and when I was younger I'd be in the back lane for hours trying to perfect this trick but I think with kids now sometimes I have a shorter attention span so I said if you complete the trick and you send your video in then I'll send you a signed photo so I did that just as a little reward really because I think that keeps them motivated and it's so important, isn't it, to keep them both challenged physically, but also mentally. What's the feedback been? Yeah, I think that's the main thing, what you touched on. Um, it's the same for myself. I'm not getting that kind of... I always look at my week and say my training's my revision, and then on a weekend I've got my exam, which is the game, and do I pass or do I not? And the biggest challenge I've got at the minute is do I win Monopoly or not? So it's, it's difficult. And I think, I think it's the same for kids, kind of still giving them that challenge, but... The feedback's been good. Um, I think some brothers have been competing with the sisters and, and stuff like that. And the parents have been getting involved as well. And in a lot of the challenges, I do see you can use a wall, but then I try to say to them, drag your mum or your dad out and get them involved as well. So just been thinking of new ideas because I, I do want to keep these going. We all know that there's a huge connection between sport and mental well-being, don't we? Yeah, I think I do want to look into psychology a little bit more because so many times I see people kind of uh, disappear off the radar in, in football terms and they've got so much talent and it usually is down to maybe they weren't confident enough and I just mm. think if they receive that little bit of help with that kind of little nugget then they're the same as they would with the football coaching and the things that are physical to the eye then it would help them a bit more but 
I think that's everything with with football. Um, I know everybody tried to be this perfect teacher when when the kids were off school and they were like, right, you've got to sit there nine or half three and you have to do this and you have to do that. And then after a while, they were probably a bit like, mm, my kid's a little bit stressed. Should I break it up a little bit? But that's fine because it's new to, new to everyone. And um, so it's the same same with the football. Really, I go to the local field and I see. I'm not just blaming the dads, but there's a lot of dads with the whistles, the stopwatches, the cones, and I think they think the Pep Guardiola. And I'm saying to them, just let your kids enjoy it, have a kick about. Like I was always just in the back lanes, and I think you can learn so much from sometimes then unstructured se- sessions, and it keeps the mental health up as well. Absolutely, and it's not like the kids can't connect and share how they're progressing with the challenges because. We are living in a digital world. You know, there's WhatsApp groups. There's ways for them to compete from a distance, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. There's been. Um, I've done stuff for a few teams as well, so I've sent them an actual team um, session, and then I think their coaches have shared that on WhatsApp and said, "Get your videos in," and then they've sent them to me. So that just keeps them still interacting with the team and being competitive. But it showed me up, to be honest, because there's some stuff I'm doing, and then I have a twelve-year-old girl and. 12 year old boy and the double and my keepy ups and even one of them I, I put some running stats on the other day and I, I actually I'm, I'm not too bad at running um, and this 14 year old smashed my times and I was <laughs> I might stop I might stop interacting on Twitter for these reasons <laughs> yeah. uh, I think that that interaction is so important though because the one thing that so many kids are missing from football right now is that sense of belonging to a team the sense of community and we're really feeling the importance of that in lockdown have you noticed that that all of the kids that are taking up your challenges have started to build their own little community and they're interacting with you and each other yeah, I think you can definitely say that. I think when I'm posting the videos, there is um, the same kids are trying each one and then they start to challenge each other. So I think in that sense, there is a nice little group forming. And as I touched on before, there's teams getting in touch that want sessions and stuff like that. So it's just great to see that interaction on the post because obviously we can't have that interaction face-to-face. But I keep reassuring them that as soon as this is over, I'll have soccer camps on and we can all meet face-to-face and they can shows up with the trip. <laughs> <laughs> so women's football is, I mean, it's still massively underfunded at a grassroots level, despite the fact that it is the UK's fastest growing participation sport. So it's really great to see you out there kind of flying the flag for that. And do you think these videos could be part of the solution to maybe helping more girls have access to professional football training? Yeah, I think, I think um, as you say, them opportunities weren't there in the past and I've I've been lucky enough to witness this fantastic journey that women's football's gone on, and mm. um, and you say about grassroots level, the kids now um, they're at centre of excellences, and I was training twice a week football till the age of twenty six. I see these kids now eight, nine, ten year old, and they're training four, five times a week with the ball, and the levels just getting better and better. So I think there is more accessibility now, and sometimes just taking stuff from the boys' football and the men's football as well, and. Um, some of the coaches I know I've been involved with and they've come from the boys' side and they've just offered such great knowledge because their game is further ahead than ours. But then people suddenly go, who's better coaches, male or female? And I'm like, let's not get into that battle. Let's just all help each other um, and help make football better, whether you're male, female, uh, girl, boy, it doesn't matter. And just keep working hard. There's so many people behind the scenes that don't get recognised, volunteers that are out there with girls' teams and putting in the hours and I think 
just to let them know how appreciative we are of their efforts and we're the ones at the top that kind of benefit from that when we're on telly and we're playing for England. But I think making girls know that that is a dream and it's being visible for them. And I think if we can keep doing that, then the future's bright for women's football. I think so too. I tell you what is going to be difficult though, this very new and real challenge that we're facing um, as the restrictions start to ease and our kids start to return to sports. How on earth do you play a team sport whilst practicing social distancing? I'm, I'm yeah. lost. I know. Well, I think, um, I think just following the government's guidelines, I know now you can go to the park and you can take someone with you. So at least you can practice your passing. And you can work on your speed, your fitness and your ball work. Um, it might be a while before we can actually do the technical, tactical sides. But I think you can watch videos online, you can watch teams and still keep up with that knowledge. But you know what? Don't be in a bush neither. As I say, the health and safety is more important. Football will come back. It will come back. It definitely will. And it'll come back with more passion than ever before. But for all those mad, passionate football loving kids out there uh, what would your advice be in the short term just to make sure that they, they keep their you know they keep on top of their game just don't focus on what we can't do but what we can do and even when the restrictions have been tighter than ever we've still been able to I've been able to get in my garden which isn't very big I've been running into the fences and everything trying to do some of these tricks but it's it's a space I've got a football and I think that's a great thing about football growing up you didn't have to have anything fancy you just needed a ball and yourself um, and maybe a family member so yeah I think just my advice would be don't concentrate on what you can't do and make excuses keep striving keep believing in your dreams this might be a little pause for now but how can you use this time to get even better I suppose and then we can attack football once this lockdown's over spoken like a lioness Thank you very much, Jill. Listen, I hope that we see you back on the pitch sooner rather than later. And thank you so much for keeping all of our kids challenged and active. Um, we owe you. <laughs> thank you. Thanks very much. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
Dr. Nikki Kanani is the Medical Director of Primary Care for NHS England and NHS Improvement. And throughout the coronavirus pandemic, she's been at the forefront of adapting NHS services to cope with the impact of COVID-19 and lockdown measures. And she's joining me today uh, to talk me through how she and her team have been navigating an unknown landscape. So Nikki, thank you for joining me. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. So first of all, can you explain what's involved in, in primary care pre-COVID and then how you've been challenged to adapt your services? I mean, primary care really simply is um, often your first connection with healthcare. So whether that's your GP surgery, your pharmacist, your dentist or your optician, it's usually the first place you go, um, apart from occasionally going online to get healthcare. And so suddenly we had to move quite quickly to thinking about how you safely access care um, particularly if you had COVID symptoms, without either uh, exposing you to the virus by getting you into a practice or a pharmacy, but also uh, trying to protect the staff as well, because we have a limited number of staff within primary care. And we want them to stay well and able to look after our population. So we had to really quickly think about that first. And um, of course, we turned to technology and we had a digital plan for primary care, which was about uh, two years long, um, a, a roadmap that was two years long. And I, I am blown away by primary care uh, professionals because they've delivered all of that and more within about six weeks. So now 99% of the country is able to offer some sort of uh, virtual or remote consultation. We talk about all the things that we don't have, but actually what you've touched on there is a two-year roadmap that you and your team have had to accelerate in a matter of, of, of a couple of months um, that's an enormous pressure for your team to be working under. Let's talk about the things that you have been able to get through and, and work through very quickly. Yeah, ab absolutely. So um, I think um, the technology has definitely been a big part of it. So as I said, the whole country has been able to switch on a digital offer for everyone. So now if you need care, you can contact your GP either through the website through the telephone, through the app and get the care that you need. And often you can get that all done virtually. What's been great though as well, because we've rolled out the technology, our staff can work from different locations. So if they can't work in the surgery, maybe because they have to shield themselves or because they've had to homeschool, like you know, many of us have had to do, do the day job and the homeschooling and everything else, they've been able to work remotely as well, which is fantastic. Um, we have been um, worried though, because we know that um, the public um, are concerned um, about coming in and getting care. So I, I'm still a GP, I'm a GP once a week. And my patients have been saying, well, you know, I'll be talking to them on the phone and they've been saying, we don't, actually, we don't want to come in. We don't want to risk getting COVID. We don't want to give COVID to somebody else. Or we don't want to be a burden on the NHS. And so the other message that we've been trying to say really clearly from Downing Street, but through our national campaign is help us help you get the care you need so the nhs is still open although we're delivering care differently and it might feel and look different it's still here from you just as it always has been um, and that's been a really important message to get across as well this is something we've heard a and e numbers are down hospital ward beds are vacant um, and you're right the nhs is open if people are needing one-on-one uh, -on -one care at the moment how does that care look and how does it differ to life pre-covid yeah, so uh, at the moment, um, a lot of it is virtual. So I spend a lot of time on the telephone or uh, using video consultations with patients. So they often see me over a slightly fuzzy screen, but it's better than nothing. Um, but we do bring people in and we often need to bring people in. And when we do, it might 
feel quite different. So many, uh, particularly GP practices um, and pharmacies will have big signs out front saying stop um, and, you know, think before you walk in. And when you come in, the waiting rooms are very different now as well. So we used to have rows and rows of chairs, but obviously that just isn't compatible now. So there might be one or two chairs that you can safely sit in and we've marked those out. Um, and then when we ask you to come in, it will be to a particular either surgery or to a particular room where we know it's, um, if you don't have COVID symptoms, it's called a clean room or a, a green room or a cold room, which is essentially where we see anyone who doesn't have COVID symptoms. And we'll still be dressed in um, protective equipment. So we'll have a visor, we'll have a mask, we'll have an apron and we'll be wearing gloves. Um, but that is to protect you as much as it is to protect us. We're still able to do the job, albeit a little warmer than we usually are with all of the with all of the gear on. But, um, you know, we've been trying to kind of reassure, particularly children as they've come in, that, um, you know, that we're still human underneath there and trying to kind of uh, remind them that, that, that it's okay and um, it, it's safe still to come in. If you're being seen for COVID symptoms, though, you might be seen, as I said, in a different surgery or site um, with somebody with more protective equipment potentially um, on, um, and you'll be asked possibly to wait uh, in a waiting area or in your car if you've driven in before you can be seen face to face, and then you'll be given the care that you need. And for the shielded patients, patients who are staying at home and staying in their own environment, you're often then offered a home visit instead or given a um, remote monitoring it. So it might be a pulse oximeter, for example, to measure your oxygen levels if you're feeling unwell. So we're trying to really target different types of care to the different things that our population needs and trying to be as adaptive as we can um, as things sort of change around us. You know, we're, you're learning about this virus every day, as is the rest of the world. Uh, as we sit here today, what advice would you give to people by way of, of symptoms they should be looking out for? And if they are displaying symptoms, how do they get tested and what, procedure, what procedural steps should they take? So the new set of symptoms are a cough, which we've all been familiar with. So if you're coughing and it's new and it's going on for a few hours, we say usually three, that's a symptom. And or a fever, so that's a temperature over 37.8 degrees. And or something called anosmia, which is losing the ability to smell. Um, and, and that's been actually really common. And I, I don't know about you, but lots of friends have sort of said, I've just lost my ability to smell or taste. And it's a really specific and unique um, feature of COVID-19. So now, if you have any one of those symptoms, we are asking you to self-isolate, to get help if you need it. So that could be through NHS 111, which has a very special COVID function, both online and on the telephone. Um, or you might need to contact your GP because you have particular health needs, and that's fine too. And what all of those things will do is we'll get you the care you need, but also direct you to how you can get testing, because we can now offer testing to healthcare workers, um, but also anyone um, over the age of five who has symptoms, because we recognise that people need to be tested in order then to understand whether their whole household needs to isolate as well for 14 days, or whether they can get back to work. And I know people are desperate to get back to some sense of normality but the only way we can really do that is by doing the testing and then isolating if we're coming back with positive tests and we've um we've been testing a contract tracing app in the isle of wight so um 
an app that looks and feels very much like the NHS app. And what it will be able to do is it, it can't track you, so your personal data is safe, but it just tracks the first half of your postcode. And then is, if you have symptoms, you're able to put that in um, and uh, understand where you can go for further medical help and testing. But also what you'll be able to do is understand if anyone in your near vicinity has got COVID symptoms. So you know that you might have been exposed and you'll need to be more watchful for those symptoms as well. And by properly testing and tracing and isolating people, we hope that we can get society back to a new version of normal. It won't quite be the same, and a level of social distancing will be there for a long time. But by being really vigorous and all of us doing our part, we should be able to get to a place where, um, you know, we can get out more and, and see our loved ones more, which I know many of us are desperate to do. One thing you touched on earlier is that people's anxiety about visiting their GPs in the same way that they have anxiety about going into A&E, um, that there will be a health cost to that. Um, and, and it's an unnecessary anxiety because you've got measures in place. Absolutely. That is my biggest priority, Kate. So what we don't need is um, a resurgence of something like measles later in the year. So measles is highly contagious um, and uh, more contagious than coronavirus, actually. And so if people miss their regular routine immunisations, we've got a real um, life-threatening issue sort of brewing for the future months. So what we're asking uh, parents to do, uh, particularly parents and uh, for their children um, and pregnant women for the whooping vaccination is to stick to your vaccination timetable. I think the other thing that we're worried about is cancer referrals. So people with uh, troublesome symptoms that aren't going away. Um, and that sounds vague because it sometimes is vague. It could be a cough that's persisting and in this environment you're not quite sure. It could be that your bowel has changed and you're not quite sure what's going on or you're bleeding from the back passage or you're more bloated than usual or something's wrong with your periods. You know, we want you to get in touch and we'll do the telephone call first, but we will then sort out the referral if that's what you need. For a while, as, as COVID ramped up, we had a drop in presentations to A&E for heart attacks and strokes and actually more people were dying in the community from those conditions so again if you're concerned please do still contact us whether that's using 111 uh, either the telephone or online co contacting your GP practice and actually if you're really unwell calling 999 as well if it's a medical emergency so you know we're still here to help you so please do use our services. Never have we been more grateful for men and women like you. And I know that not only are you overseeing primary care in the UK, you're also homeschooling two children <laughs> and seeing your patients every week in surgery. Dr. Nikki Kanali, thank you so much for all you do and to, to your team that work underneath you. Um, we're very lucky to have you. Thank you. Hayley Sanderson has one of the most recognisable voices in Britain, having been one of the Strictly Come Dancing band's lead vocalist for 14 years now. And in lockdown, she's been using her singing skills to lend and build a voice for survivors of domestic violence to help them create a charity cover of Britney Spears' Stronger. And they're releasing it as a single with all proceeds going to local and national domestic violence charities, Bead House and Women's Aid. And she's joining me from her home now. Hayley, how are you? Hi, how are you? It's lovely to see you. <laughs> lovely to see you. Doing. First of all, congratulations. What a beautiful single you have created with these incredible women. Um, tell me how on earth you pulled this together in lockdown. Um, well, we started at the very beginning with just their voices. I needed to hear what they sounded like. So they sent me in some recordings of them singing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. <laughs> so I had an idea <laughs> of who could sing 
what their ranges were, whether they could pitch, you know, and confidences. Um, and then I decided to put them all with an individual coach because each person has different needs, different personalities as well. So we got some of the best vocal coaches. We've got the X Factor coach, Annie Williams. We've got a couple of coaches from The Voice and a voice finalist and touring musicians, backing vocalists. And we all got together and we, we decided who was going to go with who. And then they had to record onto their phones or whatever tablets or things they might have had around. We're all at home. A lot of them have children. I have a child. It's really hard to schedule in these rehearsals, you know, without someone screaming in the other room or a window. Some of the recordings had birds on, you know. It's quite, it was quite complicated to try and put this together. But and again, with my survivor, we were sometimes messaging at like 12 at night, one in the morning. <laughs> so it just depended. We each had such a different experience and different problems. You know, it wasn't easy to get this done. So tell me how you came up with the, the choice of the song. When you think of Britney Spears, you think of these massive productions, big dance routines. But actually, a brilliant song can be broken down to just piano and vocal. And I think the reason this song was perfect is because the lyrics address the past, but also the future. The fact that we can be stronger together. There is help out there. You know, it's that thing of camaraderie and all these women coming together. And they are. They're using their voice because they want other people who might be in these situations to hear them. So I know that the song in general has inspired them, but also just a confidence to learn. They've learned new skills. They've learned to use their voice. They've learned to be heard. These are massive skills anyone can use. And it sounds silly, but when you breathe, when you sing, you have to breathe very differently to how you speak. You can get panicked when you're talking. But if you've got to sing a song, you have time to take a breath and there's space for where you sing. And so there's all this time for them to really contemplate the lyric and what they're actually saying and where it's coming from. It does. It, it's really from within. So you, you, you managed to accrue this kind of army of women and, and children to come together and find their voice, which is, is so emotionally powerful. Exactly. I think it's hard for anyone to find their voice. And it's a really big thing to open your mouth and sing like it, it's really difficult. So I think for them, it's genuinely brought out such confidence. Some of them didn't want to sing. They weren't singers. They were just doing it because they wanted to support their charity. But what they've done is I'm so proud of them. I'm so proud. But we also wanted, well, originally we wanted some of the kids to do some rapping on it, but I think they were a bit shy and they didn't quite want to. But they did write down some of their feelings and how they have felt in these situations. And we had a brilliant guy called Yaz who... Uh, went to Bead House when he was younger and became a youth worker there. And he helped build the music studio and everything. So he's just fantastic. And he took all their words and basically composed a rap for us around that. Yaz was telling us actually that a few friends that he'd known for years had never ever talked about their situations. And after hearing this, they just felt the need to talk about it, to talk about their past. And I, I just think... I just think what they've done is fantastic. I don't think they quite realise what they've achieved. To somebody who might want to join a choir but are feeling a little bit underconfident about their abilities, what would you say to them? I think 
if you want to sing, you should just sing. Singing's not for one person. It's for everybody. People would, in the olden days, before television and pop stars, people sang as families to entertain each other. So you're not just singing because you want to be the next Beyonce. You can sing to, as I said, learn a new skill, gain confidence, become really, you know, proud of your own sound. And and even if you can't sing, it's still fun. It just connects you in a different way to your body, your thoughts, your mind, everything. It all just comes together. It's something you should do. And before I let you go, um, I just wondered, in terms of what you've seen these women and their children gain from this experience, have you, can you see that they they found a confidence and ability to express themselves that wasn't there before? Massively. And again, talking to the charity, uh, you know, because they speak to the women and children every day, all the time. They're so hands on. They're fantastic. And they've just come back to me and said how much their confidence has grown and how it's changed them and how happy they are to be involved in this. I just think when there's a group of people singing together, it's the most powerful feeling ever. And again, this is what this is about, is everyone coming together, helping people. Well done on doing something truly brilliant. Lockdown. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. A huge thanks to all of my guests this week and across the series. Thanks for watching. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.